let's get out to the Sprint special guest line joining us now. Of course, uh, he, what did you say, Gordon, had a cup of coffee for the Patriots? He did play for the Patriots. He's one of our Ute insiders right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's our good friend Christian Cox. What's up, Christian? What's going on, Jake and Gordon? You know I had a brief stint in the NFL. You know I love to stint on Sprint. Yeah, well, neither Jake nor I ever had that opportunity. No. So you're light years ahead of us. Uh, you also oh. played for, for Bill Belichick. Why is he so what, – what makes him uh, so good at what he does? Well, in reality, he's militant, right? You look at his background, he, he comes from a football father. Uh, I think his dad coached – I think was it the Naval Academy or had deep ties to the Naval Academy. Um. It's funny because you look at him, his body type isn't impressive. His height isn't impressive. Um, He was a diehard college athlete who was obsessed and loved football, and he ended up having a serious injury in college that ruined his career, and that's what pushed him into um, being obsessed with being a coach. And I think it's it's his attention to detail, and I I haven't really told this story really ever, right? Uh, I was obviously just a small undrafted free agent, it was the year of the lockout, so we didn't have mini camp that year. So guys like Matt Asiata, Shaky Smithson, we had to like wait through the whole year until the lockout ended, and then people got called in for camp. You had tryouts, you beat out people, but he would pull people aside and he'd call you by your first name. He didn't call you by your last name, and uh, it didn't matter if you were Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Danny Woodhead, or measly little Christian, and. Uh, He'd take those moments to coach you about different defensive sets where if it's a trips formation, you have to ride the, the number three underneath the full way if you're playing linebacker. And uh, he would applaud you if you did it correctly. And um, he runs a true meritocracy. And I think that's what makes him so successful. And there's parallels into Kyle uh, and the way he runs things. And I think Belichick looks for players that are gritty. Uh, the year I was there, briefly, right, um, uh, Julian Edelman, he was playing backup uh, to Wes Welker, but he played corner for four games at the end of the year and returned kicks. He didn't play receiver. So uh, Bill always talked about being multidimensional, being able to provide value to the team and be able to play multiple positions. And uh, he gets the most out of people because he's in control. He runs the ship. It's not these players – being divas and in control of their destiny and the Antonio Browns of the world, um, you can you, you you can just you you just want to risk get his earn his respect and appreciation. And I, I say the parallel is to to Coach Whittingham is the same as you know Kyle runs a very militant shop and the transition from college football at Kyle's program and Gary Anderson's and Kalani right they were all there when I was there. Uh, it wasn't a transition. You go straight in the league. I think your practices at Utah were harder than the NFL, right? You didn't have two days in the NFL. And so I think um, that's why you see a lot of Patriots that are picking up former BYU and Utah guys, and um, they like those kind of those kind of types. So. so it's not like he's like a brainiac who is uh, smarter than everyone else. I would I would argue he he may outwork everyone, but mm-hmm. his schemes are perfect. His attention to detail is perfect, and if you are not doing it 
right within the perfect amount of detail, he would thrash you. And it, it, I, I witnessed in camp him dress Tom Brady in front of everyone up and down because he wasn't completing the right pass, uh, wasn't throwing the right receiver on a play-action pass. And they did the same thing to Rob Gronkowski. I didn't, we didn't know how big Rob was going to be because it was his second year. But no one was off limits, and you have to you have to do your job within accordance to the plan, and that's how they run everything. And I think that's why you see uh, his success this year. He's kind of he is the D coordinator, a guy named Gerard Mayo, who was a starting middle linebacker when I was there briefly uh, with another guy named Rob Ninkovich, who you see on TV with ESPN. But um, that's why their defense is so successful, is because. He just he's he's a brilliant mind. And people forget that he and Nick Saban were coaches together in Cleveland when they weren't successful. Uh, I, as a young kid, didn't realize how big the Giants were in the '80s because I was five years old. But he coached. I'm pretty sure Lawrence Taylor in that de- that defensive group and led them to many Super Bowls. Gordon, you can appreciate that. And um, you know he's he really is. Uh, a coach's coach and he just shows up consistently every single day and you know he's he'll go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time and who else is notorious for being uh, wearing a hoodie a cutoff sweatshirt right <laughs> he's like a halloween costume so it's pretty cool <laughs> christian let's talk about a heck of a coaching job on saturday and i know the offense grabs all the headlines but the defense was absolutely magnificent to shut out mike leach's washington state cougars in the second half is is absolutely marvelous yeah, well, how about how about a tale of you know two weeks in our conversation? We all were pretty down last week following that USC loss, and really we're kind of putting onus back on on uh, Morgan Scally. And it was apparent right from the beginning that he was mixing coverages. Uh, they mentioned that on the actual on air quite a bit, but you saw a lot of three down linemen, two linebackers, and then quite a bit of back end uh, help. Right as you're as you're looking at how Morgan would do that. And then they'd bring a, a – they'd always get into four-man rushing, if you didn't notice, three three down linemen to just to be the you know your odd front. They're always bringing a fourth. Bradley and, Bradley and I created some pressures just with a three-man pass rush. And, you know, that, that patience, you know, put Gordon into some bad positions. He got some good interceptions. And mixing coverages against the air raid is, I guess, the answer, right? It's – it is the answer. And whether people are like kind of downplaying how good Washington state is, is that just a bad team? I think you need to give credit where credit's due. That defense stifled them definitely in the second half where years prior, Washington state would just somehow drive down, get their, get their nose back in the game and score late and came up with some big fourth down conversions, especially late in that, uh, in, in the second half. And what's crazy to me is, you know, the first drive was a dropped touchdown and then missed field goal, right? So even started the game off not ideal. And uh, Tyler Huntley, what a heck of a game and what a heck of a year he's having. And he's proving everyone wrong, right? I think everyone was kind of on the, hey, who's showing up this year? The Tyler Huntley who's going to be injured at game five or the Tyler Huntley that goes on the road against Jake Browning in Washington who basically has them leading and they give up the game late, but because of his performance, Utah was in a game uh, against one of the best teams in the country that year. So 
be interesting to see if he can duplicate that type of performance on the road against Washington this year. One of the things that stood out to me, uh, Christian, is the, the uh, I guess you could call it inspirational, that the Utes lose perhaps their best player in Zach Moss. Uh, Britton Covey can't go and may be out for the season, uh, redshirt-wise. So what happens? You have guys who step up and, and you know, uh, perform well, well enough for the Utes to get this big win. I, 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 I took note of that. I thought that was uh, indeed impressive. Yeah, I think that goes back down to, you know, the steadiness of Andy Ludwig. I, I think um, you look at what he provides to the offense and Tyler Huntley and coordinating, he has some interesting pieces, and he's doing some schemes and, and run plays that are a little different than I even have seen. If you if you look at this, uh, this sweet motion handoff to this Vickers kid, it's a full downhill run by the time he gets the ball, right? And they also are pulling guards in front of it. So there's some schematics that are really interesting that Andy's dialing up and he's, you know, he's leveraging Tyler out of, out of, the, out of, uh, under the, under center, which is weird, right? In today's modern day college football. And I think the bright spots, right? Nakua, he shined bright. I didn't realize he hadn't caught many balls or had many yards this year. And this Thompson kid is really getting uh, loose over the top, and the receiving core is, is very balanced. And uh, credit to Tyler Huntley for completing, you know, at such a high clip. And it's eerie, and I don't want to, to talk down this road, but, you know, it looks very similar to a man, Brian Johnson, who we used to see in the same offense. But the difference in Brian Johnson versus Tyler Huntley Right, Brian was very limited at the end of his career. Brian didn't have a shoulder. Brian couldn't throw the ball 40 yards downfield. But Brian had the wherewithal and the smarts to always lead a game-winning drive and was always there when it mattered, when it mattered most. But he distributed the ball to Brent Castile, Braden Godfrey, Freddie Brown. Right, He had all of his players, um, you know, Jeremy over the middle on these shallow crosses. So he leveraged his his team, not to mention he had Darrell Mack and Matt Asiata. So Utah's very deep. Utah's very deep, and uh, it's good to see some some points scored and uh, hopefully you can see this replicated game over game. And um, you can't get too high and too low in the game of football. College football is a brutal game to play, and uh, I don't envy Kyle's position. I don't envy Morgan's position to have to game plan every single week uh, for these tough offenses and, you know, played, you know, in, in the Pac-12. So it'll be interesting to see. One of the positions that they aren't so deep at is the linebacker position, Christian, but Francis Bernard has played like his yeah. hair is absolutely on fire. What, yeah. what, what did he do to take the next step? I mean, what are you seeing? Well, he's – this is where I, I'm sure BYU fans love seeing him succeed. I, I'm sure that doesn't, you know – Pain them. I work with a lot of Cougars here in Provo, which is funny. But um, Francis, he's mature, right? You want to go watch an interview. He gave an interview, I think, back in August. I think it was to KSL or someone. It was a five-minute clip. He's gone through enough to, to realize he had lost football, right? And so he knows this is it. And, and he's playing every game like it is it. And if he continues to play like it is it every single game, he may have a shot to, to go play in the NFL, which isn't what he's thinking about, I'm sure. 
but he's doing it. He's only six foot. He's not, he's not a big, tall Cody Barton like athlete. Cody Barton's, you know, 240, 63, like has the credentials of NFL all over him. But you look at Francis, he had, he's instinctual. And these are things that can't be, there's no analytics for instinctual players. There's no analytics of, Hey, he's always in the right place to get the interception at the right appropriate time. He knows how to blitz. He knows how to fill gaps. And it doesn't hurt that he has some of the best down linemen to go fill gaps. And uh, Chase Hansen and Cody Barton, I'm sure they loved last year because these holes open up. They know what the scheme is, and they can run downhill and go fill gaps and go get TFLs in the backfield. And so not only has Francis played well, and they're playing basically all of the snaps, if you go watch, but Lloyd is playing really well too. And he's a little lankier, kind of reminds me of Sly, Stevenson Sylvester from a long time ago. But what a what a good combination, and um, you hope that they can stay healthy because uh, I think they'll be kind of the linchpin to the success of the season uh, if uh, they can stay healthy and play every game. But through the first you know four games, they've they've been on the field every almost every down. They don't rotate, and that's kind of strange uh, for that position. Christian, what's the usefulness of a bye week? Well, you can look at it twofold. One is lick your wounds and heal, obviously, which everyone knows. But the other is uh, it's more the developmental stuff. It's more for kids that are, you know, the red shirts, the freshmen that need extra work, that coaches can actually go spend time with them. So, uh, you know, bye week this early, you'll take a bye week anytime. It's not fun for the juniors and seniors, so they just want to play games. But it's more for these younger kids that, you know, Kyle and Morgan, Morgan's probably on the road, honestly, but they can go down and run practice and they can go see how these younger kids have developed from camp until present. And uh, you need depth. And I, I think, you know, it's it's crazy to, to look how this, um, I'd say corporation, right? This, this outfit has evolved. They are so deep and these guys are so big so much bigger than you know any years of the Fiesta Bowl and so and so much bigger than, than we were in the Sugar Bowl years and um, they're getting the talent and you got to develop the talent because you got to draw on the talent you know the back half of the year and um, especially you know with these tough schedules so it's really fun to see it uh, it's weird to be you know kind of disconnected as like a, a, a former player and watching these games I watch it from you know like a, uh, from like a a player's coach's seat, but I feel just like the fans. I feel the anxiety. I want them to perform. The expectations are so high on them. And that's just an unorthodox place for Utah to be in, right? Forever. Utah has always been uh, the underdog, whether it was McBride's years, Urban's years, uh, Kyle's success years, even the the beginning of the Pac-12. So, uh, you just you want them to live up to expectations, and you can only live those expectations one week at a time. Sadly. So, Christian, what's it like for a high-profile celebrity youth like yourself working down there in Utah County? No, stop it. You know I'm a you know I'm an F lister. So um, <laughs> you're a big deal. I'm sure everybody's no, coming up to it, you. No, it's it's fun. I actually, my office is fun because we're you know we're a startup technology down here uh, at a company called Filevine. Uh, you know, our CEO, he's a, he's a BYU grad, law grad. But I'd say 80% of our office is, you know, former BYU or BYU folks. I love it because you don't have to talk about, you know, the, the rivalry much because we just take care of business. And uh, people are pretty respectful. They're nice to me. 
Well, you're big. I don't. There's not a lot to say. You know, it's the rivalry's in a weird place now, and and I also have a weird, a weird fit. Like Aaron Roderick offered me a scholarship. Kalani was my D coordinator. Elisa Tuiaki was my running back uh, at Southern Utah University before I went on a mission. I, like what I remember about Elisa is like we were playing Halo in his like at his house with all of our teammates, right? And when I was like 18, so. I want them to do well. I, I want them to succeed, too, just as much as I want the youths to win. So it's kind of strange. Christian, we always appreciate your wisdom and insight, sir. Thank you very much. You're too kind. It's good to talk to you, Jake. See you, Gordon. See ya. Thanks, Christian. Christian Cox here, a former player at Utah. Last time game day was up there. I, I played in 2010, had a brief stint in the NFL. I was voted team captain by surprise my senior year. Christian Cox here, a former Ute, played up there in 07 through 2010. I uh, had a brief stint with the Patriots. You know, I had a brief stint with playing the clarinet in the NFL. That's no F Lister. <laughs> that dude is a big deal. I, I'll tell you, I, I love the way you said that. Uh, he said, uh, people are diced, man. You immediately said, well, you're big. You're big. <laughs> Is that true? Do big guys, be? are they treated better because nobody wants to get beat up? They're treated differently. And actually, I was I was listening to Hans and Scotty the other day, and Hans had a, a funny uh, anecdote about being at uh, Rock's football something or other and mm-hmm. kids coming up and mouthing off to him because uh, he was wearing a BYU shirt or something and, and some and it, it, Hans was so taken aback by it and it's like of course you wear Hans because no adult in their right mind <laughs> is, is going to be lipping, lipping off to a man your size but the kids who you know they have no filter no filter whatsoever they're going to he was so surprised and it was like <laughs> yeah of course nobody in your no sane person in your personal life is doing that to you yeah you're, you're, you're big Christian's a big guy former <laughs> nfl <funny>. linebacker <laughs> former nfl clarinetist yeah he played the clarinet in the league if you're uh if you're mouthing off to christian then boy you've you've got something coming stay tuned more big show straight ahead 97.5 and 1280 the zone